Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Cure Company in Bristol, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic Teaneck, New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Neo, California. This week we'll be joined by a special guest, Ms. Mikal of hoodoofoundry.com in Willits, California, bringing us today's topic of moving candle spells. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cat? Hi, Cliff. Well, that was a brisk delivery of the announcements. <laughs> How are things in lovely Teaneck, New Jersey? A little chilly, but otherwise very well. How are you doing? I'm fine. Um, been working really hard on uh, social media and on projects having to do with our shop. And primarily, I guess the big news, which I already have mentioned last week, but we're going to talk about it again, is that candle services are back at Missionary Independent Spiritual Church after a four-month hiatus caused by low staff numbers. And uh, we are so grateful. I just want to thank everybody who listens to this show, everybody who follows us on Facebook, follows me on Instagram, and just basically is a fan, goes to the Lucky Mojo Forum and notices we are back. We've been getting candle orders really at a at a great rate and we're so grateful it's it's really part of our normal routine to do these candle services and we missed it when we weren't doing them it was kind of like hmm no candles burning out there so it's nice to see the candles burning and i am uh just very very pleased that people remember us i know four months seems like a small time to be gone but in these troubled times, four months is actually a long time to be gone. And we're getting back people who posted on uh, on Facebook and in social media, wow, I thought you were gone forever. You're back. you know. So thank you all. That's my big news for now. I think the other thing that's been um, going on at the shop is, um, of course, with the return of candle services, our order entry department, um, we have a, a relatively new employee named uh, Colleen, and she's wonderful. She is the best customer service person that any company could hope for. She's been in customer service pretty much for decades, and she's really good. She's been doing it a long time. And, of course, they bring her up to speed on how to do customer service for candles services. You know, she's 
she's ready. She's eager. She's learning how, and she's already entering candle invoices. And I want to thank Leslie, who is our stalwart at uh, order entry. But it's a it's a long process to learn how we do the candles. And again, it's uh, it's not something that you can just jump in off the street and say I can do that. It's complicated. And I want to thank Ernie, Reverend Ernest, who is sitting by. The first candles are coming off the altar already. And and uh, Ernest will be coming in to pick up those candles and take them to his home and read them. So if you had candles set with us, you're going to expect your candle readings very soon. And so everything is going quite well. That's my news. How about you, Conjureman? What is going on in your world? Things are, are well, winding down for the uh, year. What, what a year it has been, 2021. Um, I remember when the, when the year started, there was a lot of hope. Everyone was like, oh, 2021 is going to be great, 2021 is going to be fine. And I think uh, a lot of people were making sort of astrological predictions, year predictions, based off of just hopes and dreams. <laughs> because 2020 <laughs> was such a fucking clusterfuck, if I may say so, that um, <laughs> it was, it was, everyone looked is like, there's no way 2021 is, can be worse than 2020. The year of the pandemic, 2021 <laughs> will be better. We've got vaccines. Everything will be great. Now we've got Omicron happening. We've got Build Back Better collapsed today, you know. The yes, I know. Mansion. All, like, we're, we're looking around and we're going, ah, okay, so... <laughs> New York is New York is a disaster right now, and when New York is a disaster, the rest of the U.S. will be because everybody gets on an airplane during Christmas and then travels to the rest of the world, to the rest of the country. Uh, and so mm-hmm. and there is a, there's an element of like I wouldn't say vindication, but there's an almost like an I told you so moment where I'm looking back at 2021. I'm like, yeah, I didn't look at 2021 and say, oh, this is going to be a better year, but said, look, it's going to be just as bad, but different. If 2021 <laughs> was uh, a fire and an explosion, and, or I mean, 2020 was a fire and an explosion, 2021 was a slow moving train wreck. Right, you know, it's just you just kind of have to get used to that. And so, looking back on the year, it was a very funky year, um, and we're definitely ending it in in very a uh, funky weather. I mean, the fact that you know, COVID cases and coronavirus cases are back up, and you know, people now there's there's issues around whether they can get booster enough boosters now. People are waiting in line for their tests. All I can say is hunker down. Things get difficult, but we can band together. Don't give up. Don't just say, oh, there's no getting out of this pandemic, so who cares? Let's just do whatever. No, no. Let's stick through it. Band together. We'll survive. 2022 is just around the corner. And I really can't believe that the year went by so fast, especially in the last three months. My God, did they go by so quickly. That I'm mm-hmm. just, I, just got, I, I just am getting over 2020, and we're already in 2022. <laughs> in, more, in more positive news, I should say that uh, I'm usually quite booked in regards to readings, but I have opened up three slots. Oh, there's only openings that I have. Uh, for January. So if anyone is interested in astrological readings, you can just go to my website on the Acuity. There's only three slots. Unfortunately, I can't do more than that. It's fully booked. These are just three cancellations that came in, so they opened up the slots. But otherwise, completely booked for the month of of January, and likely I'll be that way until like mid-February. So for those that have been waiting, I know there's a list. 
I sent out my email uh, on the my email list. But for anyone who's hearing the sound of my voice and has been waiting for like six months for a reading, I've finally got three slots open, so go and check that out. That's my news, and I'm very excited to have Miss Michael join us tonight or this afternoon. Hi, Hi. Miss Michael. So Hi. for those who don't know you, let me just give a quick intro. Miss Michael is um, uh, a member of of AIR, a member of mm-hmm. Hoodoo Psychics, on the board of directors of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, a well-known teacher. She is an author of books on Hoodoo, a friend, companion of the road, a, a comrade on the journey. And Miss Michael happens to live fairly near to me, but neither of us travel much. We kind of wave. I'm waving in the direction of Willits. I'm sure she can raise her hand and wave in the direction of Forestville. We know almost exactly how far apart we are as the crow flies. Um, yeah. Welcome to About the show, Miss Michael. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, I love having you on. Um, Tell us what's been going on at your place, the um, Aunt Caroline Dye Memorial Chapel, and your uh, Yeah, well, um, the Justice Actor uh, Altar has been active, and I note with pleasure that uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s family has called for no celebrations, but rather rallies in support of... uh, voting rights bills and carve-outs in the filibuster rules for voting rights, uh, which means that if they change the rules, voting rights bills will not be filibusterable for now. Um, Say that three times fast. Uh, And (laughs) I do work with a spirit from the Mexican folk tradition, Santissima Muerte, not traditional to hoodoo, but I needed somebody with claws and teeth to respond real quickly one time. And she noticed the delicacies I was eating and said, oh, give me some of that. I'll move right in. (laughs) And so I've been been interspersing her usual offerings with uh, introductions to traitorous politicians in the United States. Wow. And I'm... Mm. I'm going to tell her that the, the senator who stymied the uh, Build Back Better bill, who shall be mm-hmm. not Manchin. named right this minute. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I'll name it that. Mansion. Sure. I, 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 have, uh, I have just told uh, La, La Hermosa that um, she can nibble him. Don't kill him, just leave teeth marks. So... <laughs> We'll see if she still wants ginger scones after that. Like it's interesting that. to Nibble see one. here this uh, development because uh, Santisma Muerte is a new practice for you. We've heard of your very legendary justice altar for years and, and been a great yeah. admirer of it. Yeah. The, so this is, this is a sort of new approach for you working with Santisma Muerte. Well, it's been going on for a while. The, um, the justice altar crew, uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, Dr. Martin Luther King, Bayard Rustin, mm and uh, Frederick Douglass, um, Mm -hmm. they insist that I not hand them any mean work. Stubborn, yes. Defiant, yes. Yes, uprisings by all means, but no violence, no curses. Thank you. Hand that to the bony lady. We don't want it over here. (laughs) Very nice. So that's 
love, you know, hatred, hatred will never win. Only love can do that. So they're doing things like guarding Dr. William Barber's back. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I tell everybody who wants justice work, whether on the broad scale of political justice or on the personal scale of a, a friend or a loved one who's been arrested and needs help, that uh, Miss Michael is the go-to justice worker, best justice worker I know. All right, well, we have a topic today, and this is a tutorial on moving candle spells. So, as always, I'm going to introduce it, and then we'll bring in Miss Michael, and then Conjurman will weigh in, and then we'll all have a little bit of it. So, to start off with, what is a moving candle spell? This is a question that a lot of people ask because there is no older tradition that uses the name moving candle spells. As far as I know, I'm the one who invented the term. No big brag, it just needed to be invented. The earliest book on moving candle spells, as I define that term, is The Master Book of Candle Burning by Henri Gamache, which came out in the 40s and was uh, written actually by a woman named Anne Fleitman under the name Henri Gamache, neither a man nor French. And this book had a tremendous impact on hoodoo candle burning. Prior to that, the first real mention of candle burning in the hoodoo tradition was in a book called Legends of Incense, Herb, and Oil Magic by the anonymous, pseudonymous Louis de Claremont. But he didn't mention moving candle spells. Now, the question becomes, did Henri Gamache and Fleitman invent the genre of spell or observe something and describe it. I know that um, Anne Fleitman was a Jewish woman. She lived in New York, and she did have contact with African-American practitioners. Uh, She and another um, writer of that time period, Michael Strabo, whose real name was Sidney J.R. Rosenfeld, were both Jewish. They both um, observed and, and dealt with and sold books to Um, black hoodoo candle shops, which were just getting started. Originally, they were called herb shops and incense shops. Now, they're often called candle shops. And as candle burning Mm -hmm. became more and more popular due to the Louis de Claremont book and then to the other books, the books that they wrote, this genre of burning candles, moving candles, was really associated with the Henri Gamache book. Now, I recommend that anybody who wants to understand why I called them moving candle spells, it's pretty obvious. You look at the layouts in the Gamache book, and you'll see that the candles move. They're little arrows, little diagrams of the altar. Move this this way, move this this way, move these up, move mm. these back, down, whatever. Um, by the time that I came along in the 1960s, moving candle spells had become a bit more complex and figural candles had become more common. The original moving candle spells were done with a plain candle. It would have been a 4-inch or 6-inch or 9-inch straight-up candle. And remember that at that time, glass-encased vigil lights were very rare and mostly associated with the Catholic Church and not with folk magic. So 
in describing the moving candle spells of my youth, I began to talk about figural candles. And this is where I came in. I knew of no book that was written to teach someone my age. I was picking it up in the shops, you know, talking to people. And what I found out was by the 60s, moving candle spells had uh, really become something new. They incorporated doll baby magic with the moving candle spells of Henri Gamache. So instead of having, for instance, two red candles, one named for you and one for your lover, and bringing these two red candles closer and closer, as Gamache would have said in the 1940s, it was now a male candle and a female candle. And getting those figural candles was not easy in the 60s. And I was taught if they weren't any in stock, you would take a six-inch household candle and you would just simply carve it. You would carve a little face, a little whatever, you know, carve a little titties on it or a little penis or whatever you were going to carve if you couldn't get the molded candle. But the molded candles became more and more available by the 70s and 80s. Most candle shops were selling one brand or another or one mold or another of figural candles. And moving candle spells then became associated with figural candles. And by the time I began to write about this in the 90s, and again, I'm not trying to brag or boast, I just happened to be older, and that's when I did it, and I I gave them the name moving candle spells. These spells were really associated by that time with the use of figural candles to move, but they were not always done with figural candles. As I said, the early ones were done with straight-up candles. So I'd like to recommend that anybody who wants to learn more and doesn't have the following books should get these books. The Master Book of Candle Burning by Henri Gamache. There's a book that I wrote called The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, and in it is incorporated a, a small book called booklet called How to Conduct a Candlelight Service by Mikhail Strabo. I describe moving candle spells. I say how they're used, and it's a good reference. And then the third book I would recommend is called The Guiding Light to Power and Success by Mikhail Strabo. And this book does not contain moving candle spells, but it's a very useful book because it has correlations between candles by condition, by color of the wax, and by the psalm that should be said over them. And you can adapt this information. It's a very thorough book, and you can adapt this information to your moving candle spells. As soon as you see it, if you're aware of how this works, you'll understand. So that's my introduction to the topic of moving candle spells. I, I know there are many ways to work them. They can be walked apart. They can be walked together. They can be walked in a spiral and go into some place. You can walk moving candle spells across a map. There are many, many ways, and we're going to get into all of those. And now I'm going to turn this over to our guest, Ms. Michael. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Kat. Um, the, the one topic that I'm, going to, that I'm going to dig into right now is when these spells are indicated – Basically, you know, as broadly as possible, anytime you want to attract something into your life or to somebody else, or if you want to send something away. Um, And one spell that combines the two, which you probably have seen illustrated at Lucky Mojo or the Lucky Mojo Forum, is one that I call Break Up and Come Home where when your partner has gone has run off with somebody else 
you have a candle for yourself all alone and the partners and miss things candles together at the other side of your workspace and you walk your partner back home to you over a period of mm-hmm. seven days and you dress the candles appropriately an elegant way to dress the, the erring partner candle is to put reconciliation and sweet stuff on the side that faces you and um, break up and other hot and sharp things on the side facing Miss Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had some success with that spell, but uh, reconciliation cases can be very stubborn. Um, mm-hmm. I have a come-to-me sort of spell that I call Queen of My Heart which is only two candles, with maybe a reconciliation or a chuparosa or marriage light as a helper light. And the two candles, the, the uh, two partner candles, meet at the center. And sometimes I work a spell I call love nest that way, which is uh, basically let's build our own private paradise right here in the middle. And I like to use the Six of Cups as a label for that card because it shows two innocent children playing in a walled garden. Um, Mm -hmm. I really enjoy digging into the Master Book of Candle Burning which uh, for this show, which is... um, uh, It can look very intimidating because if you just flip through it and look at the diagrams, oh, my God, you get spells that include about a dozen candles. And right. Thought, and each one is different. And there mm-hmm. are astrological candles plus the client candle plus the target candle. And an astrological candle for her for that one too. And oh my God. Um you I don't hesitate to simplify spells like that. Um I'm not an astrologer. So mm-hmm. though I often call on the color correspondences for uh mm-hmm. candles rep- representing people in these spells. Um, I I don't double up like one for the client mm-hmm. sign and one for the client himself. All right. Um, and Master Book of Candle Burning does have a lot of moving candle spells in it, but in the more elaborate ones, only one or two candles will be moving. That's right. So that's less that's right. for I, you. Can I jump in on that? Because that's what's so important yeah. about this. The Master Book of Candle Burning are really what I would call professional altar layouts. And yeah. these are the kind of layouts that if you hired a root worker to do these in the days before glass vigil lights, they would have those master candles burning the um Crucifix counts, they have the Bible open there to the psalm. There's all the layout for the altar. They're very thorough. But You are right, Michael. Usually only one or two candles move. And Mm -hmm. that is the essence of the beginning of moving candle spells. The making the astral candles, so called astral candles, which is really astrological candles, you pick a candle of the sun sign color of the person and then you dip the bottom half in their rising sign if you know it and if you uh, the color of their rising sign and if you don't know it you dip the bottom half in the ruler of that um sign so let's say that the planetary uh, ruler 
the planetary, yes, the planetary rules. Thank you. And you can, uh, but in the bottom half, you also crumble in herbs and things like that. And you can do it in the top half too. <laughs> so, so you end up with um, different. It's it's a you know it's a handmade, custom made candle. Those are wonderful candles. They're very personal. Again, this is going toward doll babies. This is where mm-hmm. the candles yep. making the yep. candle. It's not just an off the shelf product. Making the candle for a moving candle, very important. And another thing I wanted to say here is on the candles that you dress front one way and back the other, like coming together candles or moving apart candles, you want the name on that candle one way or another, whether the name is at the base, the name is on the back, the name is on the front. And don't be afraid to carve your candles. In other words, let's say you have one of these little lady candles and she's got you know nice big pointy boobs like most of them do. But you can take your pin or needle and carve a heart on her, right there mm-hmm. on her boobs. See what I'm saying? And you mm-hmm. can dress that heart with love me. And then you can dress her genitals with fire of love. You see, in other words, mm-hmm. you treating the candle like a doll. Okay? Yeah. That's kind of one, yeah. one of the things that I like to do. I want to bring in Contraman on this because I know he has a lot to say too. Contraman, tell us what, how you approach moving candle spells. Yeah, moving candle spells are, are fantastic. I've mentioned this before, but mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of candle work. Uh, and when I do candle mm-hmm. work, it tends to be relatively simple. But one of the exceptions is moving candle spells. I do love them quite a bit. Um, and that's because it builds on symbolism, which is at the core of any type of ritual work. So candle has a combination of sort of three components. It's a candle work, it's a doll baby work, and dynamic ritual work. All three of these together, I think, um, are, are what make moving candle spells so fantastic in both the study of uh, folk magic and in people's practices. It's why they reach for them. Because you can see the symbolism played out. You can't always understand herbal symbolism unless you're an herb. you study herbs or you study the minerals or you study the natural correspondences. You might not always understand astrological symbolism unless you study astrology, but you can certainly see the symbolism of a skull. If you mm-hmm. want to curse somebody and you inscribe a skull on their candle or get a skull candle um, or work uh, in a particular way, like knocking a person's candle over the table, right? The mm-hmm. symbolism there isn't particularly obscure. It's right in your face. So this is what makes moving candle spells so cool. Uh, they have two particular ways that they work with symbolism. First is symbolic image. So that is, for example, candles that have uh, that are shaped as Adam and Eve, that are shaped as skulls, as devils, as penises, as vulvas, etc. Um, as well as things that you inscribe. So it's not always the figural candle. Sometimes it's just a regular standalone candle that you have inscribed with a heart, that you've inscribed with a scroll, with a skull, or you've taken that figural candle and you've inscribed it. Then there's symbolic action. You move things away. You move things closer together. You dump things over the side of the table. One of the most famous breakup spells that you've mentioned, Ms. Catton, and in many ways I would credit you with popularizing it, in fact, is the moving candle spell to separate. When you take two people back to back, separate them over a period of seven days, you move the candles mm-hmm. further and further apart until these people are separated, and then the person you want to get rid of, you dump over the side of the table, right into a bucket of dirt or into a bucket of water that you've collected from a river. 
In other words, literally removing them from the equation. The altar acts as a sort of symbolic arena of creation. My favorite uh, symbolic act is binding things together, joining them together. Taking, for example, for our love working, taking an Adam and Eve candle, inscribing them with their names, their zodiac signs, putting them face to face to get face-to-face, and then joining them together with a thread that's been dressed with love me oil and stay with me oil, so that they are bound. You pray as it burns down. The figures, the candles actually melt together, creating a whole. So symbolic uh, images and symbolic actions. That's how you think of moving candle spells. And when you combine them together, building on that symbology, you can create some really dynamic ritual work. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go in a little bit further here on dressing a candle with multiple oils. And I mentioned earlier that you might carve a heart and touch some love me oil on the yep. woman candle's bosom or man and then fire of love on the pussy or on the the penis or whatever. But you also can put come to me oil or return to me oil on the feet. And so this is really the same way you would treat a doll baby. Now, they don't have to necessarily, if you're using come to me or return to me, they don't necessarily have to come to your candle. Maybe you want them to return to Richmond, Virginia, right? So you have a map of Virginia, and maybe they've moved just barely out of state and whatever. You start their candle, you put a, some a map down on your table, and you put mm-hmm. up a, a circle around Richmond, Virginia, and you start them, you build out a little uh, what used to be called a triptych, you just take a highlighter and you just get the route that they're going to go and you burn their candle as it moves toward Richmond, Virginia. And around Richmond, Virginia, you're going to put all the good things that they might want when they get their money, for instance, a job, if you want them to come back to get a job and be near the family. Or love, if you want them to be near love. You can put yourself in there, but you don't have to. It's just a map Mm -hmm. that they are walking on, a journey, as it were. And Another way that you can use these moving candles is let's say you live in Richmond and your um, your son is going away to college and, and uh, he's going to go to Hampton, right? And so you're going to draw a little map <laughs> down to Hampton. and then, But when he comes back for vacation, you're going to want him to come back to you and not go to Colorado and go skiing, right? So you just work with that. And that's a moving candle spell, too, just for location. Send them away safely with safe travel oil all over them and then bring them back home to the family for a vacation. There are many, many ways to do moving candle spells with maps. I find them very useful. Another thing is a job. Let's say you have a job and you are at such and such a company and you want to go to another company and you know they have openings. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just make a blue sky shot here. It's a, they really do have openings. You get the logo of the company that you're at, the logo of that company. You get a map showing where those company headquarters are or where the um, outlets of those, if they're multinational corporations, you know, are they on Fifth Avenue and, and also on Seventh Avenue or are they wherever? You know what I'm saying? Where are you going to find their, their right. buildings? and you're going to move yourself from the old logo to the new logo. So that's a moving candle spell with only one candle. 
And you would put dollars and cents and money all around where you're going. And maybe a few other things that you might like, too, like, you know, whatever. You could put a little bit of um, a steady work on your candle. You can put a little bit of um, boss fix if you have problems mm. where you are. You know, you know what I'm saying is you don't want to get a bad reputation by leaving this company that you're at. You can just put some nice separation, just gentle separation on the back of the candle. Bye-bye, all. And then... Uh, steady work on your front as you go toward the new place. So those are some moving candle spells. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love I love that. Um, you and you can use candles in a variety of different ways when it comes to moving candles. It's not just like physically moving them, but you can actually manipulate them. Flipping candles upside down is one way of working with uh, the action of moving. Right? If you flip a candle, that is symbolic. Snuffing out candles in things. So, for example, snuffing them out in water, snuffing them out in dirt. Um, but also, you can move a person symbolically, not just physically. Like, let's say you want to move. Locations. You can also move through conditions. One of the ways that I've used moving mm-hmm. candle spells is I've made a cross with uh, attraction powder mixed with crossroads dirt, uh, and then I've at each one of these little uh, branches of the of the cross, I added an extra powder. So at the bottom, I put power powder. At the left, I put money drawing. At the top, I put success. On the right, I put um, victory. And I would move the candle from the bottom to the left, and almost like a clock, through these different branches. And as it was moved, it was a different prayer. This person will have power in this life, their life. This person will have success in their life. This person will draw wealth in their life, and so on and so forth. In other words, moving them through the conditions. I've also done the reverse to remove things. So moving a person through the conditions until they remove negativity. I do this for crucible of courage work in particular. So we start at one of the crossroads, and at that crossroads, we remove their fear. And at the then we move the candle over the next day to the next portion of the crossroads. And at this particular, we remove all their self-doubt. And then we move it to the third part of the crossroads. And we remove all obstacles that are holding them back. And then we finally end at the final crossroads, in which they are empowered to move forward in all directions. So you can move people through conditions as well, using moving candle spells. That's a, that's a really great one, too, just individual um, like symbolic yep. crossroads on the altar. I like that a lot. Yep. Now, I'm going to, um, you know, to talk for just a moment about the classic tying people together because we did get a comment in the uh, chat from Doc Murphy, which is sometimes that if you wrap two candles together with string, the string will catch a fire, and you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, the, the string yep. can catch fire, and um, that is not necessarily a bad thing if you're there. Yeah. We have to think of candles that are using free uh, candle spells, excuse me, that use freestanding candles. You need to attend them, and you, you, yep. you do want to pay attention. And yep. there is a um, an interesting spell for a peaceful um, departure from somebody that... Um, one of our old colleagues and, and friends, Aura LaForest, um, uh, first was the one to mention, in which you spiral the one person up with the thread or cord. She was a thicker cord. And then spiral it over to the other person. 
and you want to undo this, the one who wants to have a divorce, for instance, or a separation, begins to unspiral. This thread is unspiraled as the candle burns. Eventually, it'll burn down and burn through it. And when it burns through, they are separated. You unwrap anything left on your uh, client's candle. The other person you can just leave all tied up. You don't care. And you again, you're going to walk their candle off. So there, but you do need to be there to attend to it. And I would recommend yeah. that you get my book, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. There is a full page in that book that mm-hmm. gives you all the tools you need for a candle altar, including yeah. um, forceps and fire extinguishers, metal mm-hmm. trays, and much, much more. Moving candle spells on a tablecloth on your kitchen, not a good yeah. idea. Um, I, I I just want to mention about the threads, since I was the one that brought up that, that particular working of binding together. Yes, you should mm-hmm. be watching it, but it's not that it sometimes catches fire. It'll catch fire like 99% of the time. The thread <laughs> will catch right. a little bit of fire. And that's, that's actually a good thing. It is part of the intentions of the work. Again, intention guides it. The thread will melt into the wax itself. And so the thread is joined into the wax it also increases the flow of the wax so that the way that it burns, it will all mix together in the end. It'll be one big waxy mess rather than these mm-hmm. separate candles with their own kind of separate pools. They will be joined together, mixed up with that thread. This also allows for a good deal of divination. When the wax flows in this way, you can do wax divination. How does the wax flow? Do these two candles burn together? Does one burn away from the other? Does the one wax run away? Does it form a ring? Is that ring incomplete? So the the string here serves multiple purposes. First, it's the symbolic act of joining candles together. Two, it increases the wax flow. It is bound together. The wax, the wax will actually cover up the string, the little pieces of string that get burned that will also get covered up and, and, and become part of the wax. And then three, it allows for divination. So I'm a big believer in it. Of course, you have to be mindful of the fire, make sure that it doesn't get so big that it sets your entire house on fire. But we're working with fire magic. If you're faint of heart, work with some other magic. It's going to catch fire. That's right. That fire itself Ooh. is good. I And I, I want to jump in here about the thread also, and I think, Michael, may you may appreciate this too. I'm just one of those people. Please use 100% cotton thread or cotton yes. string. No, Please do you. not use polyester, yes. nylon, or nylon fishing twine because no, it will no, burn no. and you'll have horrible toxic chemical smoke. So don't be doing that. Yes, Cotton, <laughs> yes, yes yeah. 100%. Now, I want to give a shout-out here to uh, Nagashiva, our board op, who has been posting some links. And those who are um, listening in audio and not seeing the chat, you might want to check out the chat when it is published for this because he has links to the um, uh, the page uh, luckymojo.com slash candlemagic.html. It's basic primer, free primer on candle magic. And then the other one, which I really want you all to know about, and it's a long URL, but I am going to read it. It's forum.luckymojo.com slash moving dash candle dash spells dash figural dash plain dash questions dash and dash answers dash 
letter T, 9265.html. Easy way to find it. Just go to the Lucky Mojo Forum. Go to the section on ritual candles. It's a sticky topic. It will always stay at the top. The name of the topic is Moving Candle Spells, Figural and Plain. Questions and answers. That thread, you can ask any question about moving candle spells, and you'll get answers within 24 hours. We are here to teach and uh, and here to help. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, the, so, the other thing I wanted to add ahead. real briefly uh, is that the, why we move candles in the first place. <laughs> what is the purpose of it? Why, why move the candle? Yes. Why not just set that thing on fire and just let it burn down? Because it adds action. And this mm-hmm. allows us to fine-tune what it is we're looking for. You can increase the action of something by moving it. Moving things closer together intensifies. It increases the power. It increases the attraction, the draw. If you just have two candles, if you have just one candle, let's say a figural candle for a, a man that you really want or a woman that you really want, and you burn down, that's great. That's fantastic. It's a great candle working. But if you have two figural candles that you move over seven days, what are you doing? You're increasing the attraction between these two people so you can intensify things. But it can also be a moderating influence. It can be a subtle influence. Rather than doing, say, a hot foot break-up jar where you break a person up and you hot foot their ass all the way to the ends of the earth, you move them gently apart. And so you can moderate the level of energy and dynamism in your working. That's why we move candles. The symbolic action itself reflects, do we want to set something on fire? Do we want to cool something off? Do we want to increase the power of something? Do we want to decrease the power of something? Do we want to remove the influence? So this is why we add that element of action, that element of movement, because you can make, you can intensify things. You can make things hotter, faster, quicker. You can make things slower. You can make things gradual. So, for example, uh, one of the things that I tell people is if you have a hesitant partner who doesn't want to get married but you really, really want to get married, coming in hot and heavy may not be the answer. You're sitting there shaking up jars with pins in there like, you're going to fucking marry me. It's not always going to work, right? You're going to have someone run the other way. You're going to have them like, no, no, right? If you have a hesitant person, but if you work them gradually through stages, closer and closer together, literally walking them down the altar until they meet you there, and then you're joined mm-hmm. together in a sort of symbolic hand fasting, a symbolic marriage, that's going to have a much stronger effect on that person because you walk them by spirit through the stages that you want. So this is why we add action to our candles. It helps us to modulate and adapt and alter the kind of dynamic influence we have on the working. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a question in the chat um, how about using dental floss instead of thread? Um, 99% of d- the dental floss brands available are nylon. It's waxed nylon. It is not biodegradable. It will produce uh, toxic smoke. There are brands of dental floss advertised as biodegradable. I would check out what they're made of, but I don't see why you would want that when you can have cotton sewing thread. That's just me. <laughs> why not? why do you need to go all out for some obscure brand of dental floss? Um, you know, it's very interesting to me how people are um, 
always trying to figure out what's the best thing I can use that's cheap and simple to get. And to mm-hmm. go to moving candle spells, figure out candle spells are not cheap. I'm going to just tell you right out. Many times, if you want to do a moving candle spell, do you really want to spend $6 or $7 on a, on a figural candle? You might not want to. And I mm-hmm. am a strong believer in using plain candles for moving candle spells. I don't particularly prefer tea lights because they come in those cups, and then the cups can never, you know, they're just they're in the cup. They, they're kind of more stationary. They're like a vigil candle, but stationary. Votive candles come in a glass, but you can buy the, the refills for the glass, which are sometimes in, the, in our trade. They're called stubbies. And the stubbies can be burned as moving candle spells, but they will pour wax all over everything, so you've got to do them on some kind of a aluminum tray or pan or metal or brass or whatever you want. Um, the four-inch candles burn very nicely. You can put them in star holders. These are brass little star candle holders um, that you kind of compress and make them hold the candle really nice, and they make great moving candle spells. There are six-inch candles. The size is usually called household candle, and those can go in a six-inch star holder, and you can have many of them and have them move uh, around. And the jumbos, you need to find holders for them, but they're usually actually big enough to stand up by themselves. They're not as thick as a pillar candle, but they are big. Now, that's going to bring me to the idea of size and does size equal power. No, size does not equal power, but size can be used to represent size. So let's say we have a mother and she has three children. Is she going to get, and let's say two of them are boys and one is a girl, and is she going to get all these figural candles? Probably not. She'll get one figural candle of a woman, and the other, the three children, will be maybe pink and blue to represent boys and girls, or maybe just a little white to represent innocent children, and they will be chime candles, altar lights, little four-inch candles. Or she could use um, a six-inch or a jumbo to represent herself. So always remember that you can cluster a family together. Now, as an example, let's say a woman wants to marry a man, and she has three children, as I just said, and he has two children, and he has an ex, okay? she Her ex is out of the picture, not a problem. She wants to bring her and this guy together, but it would be more effective if she brings them all together and moves the X back a few steps. Don't throw the X over the table like Conjurman said earlier. We're not mad at the X. Just keep her back there. Give the X her own new lover candle. Just bring him on the scene. In a way, and I say this with all respect, it's like playing with Barbie dolls. Right? <laughs> it's like I want the I want this person to do this and this person to do that. Now the little children are all going to become friends. We want the children to be friends. And we want the new lovers to be together. So we're going to put them together. We're going to put the children. Now, what if you can't tie them all? It's too much, all that string. You can draw around them with sachet powders on the altar. So once they get together, if you can kind of imagine them being on chessboard with checkers. In fact, it works pretty well if you think of it that way. And you've got the, 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 the king and the queen, you've got the pawns, right? And you're moving them, moving them, and they get together, and you're going to make a little, they're all going to be together. And then once they're in the smallest possible area that they can be, you're going to draw around them with peaceful home powder. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And you can even dust their candles with peaceful home powder. 
lights and peaceful home incense. You've made a little enclave. Meanwhile, the ex has gone way off to the other side of the chessboard where she has met her future husband and let them just talk nicely among themselves. So the moving candle spell can be very elaborate, um, but the, the way it's done, you really have to think about who's involved and what you want. I like the idea of one candle for each person. How about you, Ms. McCall? Yep. Do you use one candle for each person? Yes, I do. Um, at least for uh, the client, her partner, and and an any ex who needs to be worked on. Um, I often do uh, a separate but close by protection and blessing spell for the children involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, now. Um, our client for tonight says in the chat room, peaceful breakup spells are not talked about, and it's sad. I've had requests for people for peaceful breakup spells, and I use much softer stuff. I don't use any pepper on that. I it's a good topic. It's a good subject for a moving candle spell because the act of moving the candles away from each other kind of. Uh, means you don't need anything hot or nasty to break them up. Mm, Uh, You can even have a little bowl of rewards for each partner at the edges of the altar. Mm. That's right. I get a lot of calls for peaceful operations, actually, too, and you don't use breakup. But there is an oil called separation oil, which is much, much milder than breakup oil, and that's what I would use. And um, you can add to it other, you know, blessing and healing and other things like that and make a nice little combination and use that Mm -hmm. to separate them and let each go to their chosen mate. Always remember that the colors of candles have an importance. And in moving candle spells, this is true as well. So white would represent an unknown person, uh, someone coming into the situation whom we don't know. Red would be a lover with whom you've had sex. Pink, a friend or a romantic date with whom you have not yet had sex, but maybe kissed. Mm. And a white, for the, again, for the unknown. So you can do a candle spell where you're bringing someone to you and changing out the candles as they burn. That's You know what I mean? You don't just, you set it up and do it with white, you do it pink, we do it with red. Black usually uh. represents someone you want out of this situation. There are figural candles that come in other colors like green, like the green devil for money. And you can uh, dip any candle. You can buy white figural candles and dip them in purple, dip them in orange, dip them in green if you want to change their colors. No problem with doing that. But it's not very common to find figural candles in those colors. Pale blue, though, is a color that you find for healing. So if you want to heal somebody, uh, you would use a figural candle of a man or a woman or a penis or a pussy or whatever it's going to be in pale blue. But you wouldn't necessarily use that in a moving candle spell. Usually healing is more static, but you could. Uh, for instance, if you wanted to bring um, a doctor in, you, there, there are little figural candles of people in suits and dresses. These are not your naked Adam and Eve. And say you have a lady who's a friend of yours and she's been diagnosed as having some serious medical condition and you want a nice doctor to come in and he put in this unknown doctor, a little white man in a white suit, and in he comes and and he conducts her, takes her by the hand, her little candle, they, they go someplace nice where there's healing oil and dressing and things like that. So again, any situation that you can conceive 
as having activity that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, or as I would call it, a narration of intention, can be worked out with candles. It's just a question of you thinking it through. Think of it as a comic strip, comic book, think or graphic novel. Think of it as a movie. Think of it as a play or yeah. an opera. However you yeah. enact it, that's how it's going to play out on your altar. Your altar is the yeah. small universe in which the moving candle spell is portrayed. Now, you also are going to yeah. be praying. It's not just moving candles. Remember, we're going to pray. Right. We're going to talk about it. We're going right. to call upon spirits. We're going to call upon angels. Whatever we do to get the feeling into the work that it's not just a mechanical movement of candles. Yes, yeah. Right. And I, I do tell clients, particularly those that are just starting out in this tour or students that are starting out in this work, to keep the, the symbol the symbolism straightforward. This is not ceremonial magic. You don't need to make it complicated and weird and oh, I need to put in a sword because that represents air. You don't need to do that. In many ways, keep the symbolism as literal as possible. Uh, I'll give an example. If you want a partner to move across country and to be with you, move them across a map. I've done this. Uh, I've had a long-distance relationship cross-country. You set up the map on your altar, put one in one state, the other in the other state. I then used a string, tied them together, and shortened that string over seven days, moving that person literally across the country until they were right in front of each other. Then I took the string and wrapped it around them, made it nice and tight so that they were bound. And then, as you pointed out, I used sachet powder. I made a little heart around them so that they would be happy and in love and allowed the entire thing to burn down and guess what within three weeks the person had decided that they were going to move cross country to be with their partner so make the symbolism literal it doesn't need to be abstract it doesn't need to be complicated you don't need to do all as literal as you make it is how it will manifest yeah and i've got to give a, a shout out um to uh, a couple of people here in the chat. Um, uh, uh, Cousin Joshua said sequential art equals sequential magic, which is absolutely true. And I will admit I'm an old-time comic book editor. Onyx Rose called it ritual theater. It's a really great idea. It's more it's more dignified than saying Barbie dolls. <laughs> and uh, and, um, and uh, Doc Murphy said a strategy game. Like chess. Yes, exactly. That's the other thing. And I tell people often, visualize a chess board. And someone mentioned Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's like Alice in Wonderland in a way. But all of these ways, if they help you work a spell, it'll help you better. Now, do you need all of those accoutrements? No. You just need a couple of candles. But in your mind, never engage... This is just my opinion as a teacher and as a root doctor. Never engage in a moving candle spell until you have rehearsed it mentally. And some people need to rehearse it physically without lit candles just to see if it will fit and work. Also, you want to know the burn time of your candles. The burn time of your candles is essential to understand when doing moving candle spells. If a candle burns for one hour, you either have to do that in several sequential lights, and usually 10 to 15 minutes is one lighting, or or you have to be able to replace the candles, or you have to use bigger candles. If you want to do... Um, a moving candle spell with little chime candles and you want to do it for seven days, and that's not going to be really easy. 
And it sometimes feels weird to call in replacement troops and put in a new candle when you were walking someone, you know, across Virginia, and all of a sudden, whoops, my candle ran out. So think uh, I about have a it. suggestion for that. Well, okay, this is uh, just let me finish this. Think about it and mark okay. your candles. <laughs> That's what you were going to say, right? <laughs> no. No? Go, Go ahead. On. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, if you know you're using little candles for a, tiny candles for a seven-day spell or longer, mm-hmm. get a whole get the whole batch of candles required for each person, and and baptize them all at once, and have them in a little vase or something standing ready. Ah, yes, this goes back to the, the Legends of Incense Urban Oil Magic in, uh, by Louis Clermont, in which he describes baptizing or oiling or dressing candles all at once, placing them in a handkerchief which has been folded into a triangle form and storing them and unwrapping them. They're all then considered unitary. That's a really good old trick, and that comes from the 1930s. That book was published in 1936. I like marking the candles. You can put little um, uh, you know, uh, slice marks with a pin or a needle in them. If it's a large candle that you're using, of course, we actually mark them with pins and we burn them until the pin drops. Seven knob candles are a kind of figural candle. Many people think of them as sort of ornamental or decorative, but a seven knob candle actually is already pre-marked into seven units, and you can do a seven-day spell very easily with a seven knob candle if you, um, you know, get the, um, the inscriptions on each knob to be what you want to have happen on that particular day. There's another thing you can do with a seven knob candle. And this is kind of fun. You can over dye it into seven colors if you are mm-hmm. nice and have cans of melted wax. You can start with whatever you know is going to be, and you 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 can you just dip and dip till you get a, co- a, a covering and then another covering, and you just dip. So you ended up with a seven layer seven knob candle. It'll have a core that's one candle, and I would start with white, and that is exactly what my dear husband said. I suggest starting with white, absolutely. But that's a good way to make a seven day candle out of a seven knob candle. Mhm. That is really really interesting. I'm going to be thinking about that for years. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's a it's it's a fun way to. Do. Of course, you can buy vigil candles that are already pre-poured in seven layers, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, the thing about moving candles is where you move them, how you move them, can also include not just keeping them on a tabletop layout. So another way to move candles is to move them from room to room. And I'm going to just briefly get into that. When we do a house cleaning, many people will light a small candle in each room as they finish cleaning it. And some will use a very small candle like a chime or a tea light and leave it there until it goes out. But in the older days, those little candles weren't as commonly available, and most people had household candles, and they would move that candle in its candle stand from room to room as they finished cleaning each room. And I still find that an effective way to work. Now, why would you want to move a candle from room to room when you're doing something different than cleaning? It's always good to use a moving candle from room to room when you're cleaning. But let's say, just as an example, you have a boyfriend, and the boyfriend comes over and he sits on your couch and, and the two of you eat um, Cheetos and drink a little wine and watch some Netflix show, 
And when it comes time to go to bed, he goes, oh, I'm so tired. i got a day's work tomorrow. And he goes home. <laughs> right? It's kind of nice to think, here is a candle to light you to bed. I mean, you want to take and move a candle into the bedroom and see if you can do this before he shows up and say, I'm moving him from the couch to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, boy, we can mm-hmm. go on. Thank you so much, Ms. Michael. It's been a wonderful topic. I think that our listeners have learned a lot. And these shows are available in archive. This was the Moving Candle Spells tutorial. All right, now we're going to go to our free uh, psychic readings. Let's take it away, Clifford. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line, run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one 888 hoodoo or visit com. and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Michelle calling from our calling from area code 913. Michelle, are you there? I'm here. Hello? Very good. You indicated that you have had readings on the situation. Um, you wrote um, that you got a reading from a root worker and that might have added more to the reading that, uh, that you had on December 5th, 2021 sh- show. Kat said that you yeah. had unfavorable cards showing circumstances that you were conceived into. You were told in the reading with how um, your relationship was with your mother. She sent negative energy into your conception, which caused all the things that have happened, down to you being like your dad, Jim. Your dad was a gentle giant, and even though you had your problems, he cared and would have done anything for his family. Yet a special bond. Should you trust the root worker to provide the services that will help you fixing these things and bringing in the good things that you've been going without? Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. All right. Um, and I noticed here that it um, that you are a Gemini. Is that the correct, yes. Michelle? Yes. And well, Jim, well, your father, was also a Gemini. Yeah. I'm curious, well, what you, sign? Uh, which I have. A lot of Scorpio in me from my dad. So, I mean, oh, okay. I see. So the Scorpio bond was with your dad. And what about yeah. your mother? What sign of the zodiac is your mother? I don't know. I know her birthday is in August, but mm-hmm. I well, it could. It, there's a couple of signs it could be. So we don't. We're not going to guess unless you have the actual date. Okay. Um, all right. So you're a Gemini. Um, the question is, the root worker told you that he could do, it's a he or a she root worker? Uh, it's a girl, but I don't want to, um, you know. Okay, it's a female root. I'm just, I'm trying to zero in on this. Out of all the root workers in the world, I want to get the root worker, that, you know. So this female mm-hmm. root worker um, mm-hmm. said that, um, that, that that they could do something to help you and um and also, you want to know if the link to your father is a problem and if you should trust the root worker. So there's two questions here well, in one. It's, it's more to do with uh, my mother and um, 
Uh, now I know you're a Gemini. Okay, I know you're a Gemini now because you've given me a third question. Okay, and uh, I can't do that in this time. I'm sorry. I have to pick one question. Okay, you, I'm going to give you three choices. Are we going to read about A, your mother, B, your father, C, your root worker? I I was wanting to know if you know you saw that the problems with my mother um, is what you know, like what you said in the reading on December 5th, you know, about having the unfavorable cards. Um, about okay, I already did. I'm sorry, I got it. We have very limited time, hon. I already did that reading. What is your question yeah. now? Do you want to know more about your mother? Do you want to know more about your bond with your father? Do you want to know if you can trust the root worker? Well, if you know, the root worker is right about that, and if I can trust her to be able okay. to do All right. Now, I'm, now we've cut a lot into the reading time, so now I'm going to try to do a really quick reading. It's going to be, can I trust the root worker? And I'm going to just, not trying to rag on you, but remember when people call this show, one question, okay? Yeah. Okay. So card number one is a very good card. It is the Knight of Wands. This shows a helper coming from a distant area with a lot of occult wisdom and knowledge. They have the Great Pyramids of Egypt behind them. They are someone who is um, holding up a, a wand, and that can indicate candle magic. So candle and fire magic might be something they can do, and if they do offer that, that would be something very good for you. They have a horse, and they, the horse is sort of rearing up in a very controlled prance. And so this is a, a root worker who has a very good understanding of the physical aspects of root work because the horse always represents the body and also will probably be giving you some tips on physical health, energetic health, spiritual health because this is a a helper card, an excellent card. The second card is called the Eight of Pentacles and this shows a worker, in this case a metalsmith at a bench, making beautiful golden discs and these discs are very large like golden platters and six of them are already on display. One of them didn't work out, it's kind of messed up and and the worker kicks it under the bench and goes on to make the eighth one. So this tells me that this root worker has a pretty good reputation out of um, the things they make. Very few actually fail. Sometimes some of their root work does fail. That happens to all of us. But this person is known for their can-do nature, and they will start again. Now, one of the things it means for you specifically is you may need more than one thing done. It's not going to be like turning on a switch if these represent candles because we we saw the wand it might mean that you want a series of eight candles or you might buy a service of seven candles one might not work and you get an eighth one for free or i'm not really sure why but we have this number eight but it does just represents multiplicity also the golden discs represent talismans and you might want to ask the root worker for some sort of a talisman that you might wear or keep on you the third card is the nine of cups this is a person who has prepared a banquet table for many people so what i'm getting here is that this root worker is um pretty competent and has a good reputation the nine 
cups represent um, liquids. So they could be uh, baths, nine days of baths. It could be a tea that you would drink. But this looks like a full-service root worker who has done a lot of things. You will need some cleaning up. That's the nine of cups. You will need something to carry on you. That is the eight of pentacles. And you will need some wisdom, help, assistance, and probably candle magic. So what I got here is candle magic, amulets or talismans, and teas or baths. Looks very good, and it looks like that there can be work that is helpful, but they really seem to represent repetition. And so that's what I have. And um, I'm going to turn this over to Miss Michael and see what she has to say. Okay. Uh, Michelle, while you were talking, I was uh, shuffling my deck, and I drew four cards. And I also cast a glance at my pyrite sphere and saw something that might be useful. Okay. It starts with the death card. The deck I use is called the Golden Tarot, which is derived from medieval and Renaissance paintings. And the symbolism is a little different, and some of the meanings are. Um, This shows uh, a golden-haired lady on her deathbed, Apparently, she has finished dying, but she holds a lily in her hand for innocence and virtue. Her black blanket is covered with sun symbols. So, uh, you know, the sun is, is the light of, of the world, and it's, it's all kinds of radiance. And she's attended and supported by angels so that the skeleton that is lurking over, that is hanging overhead and has wings somehow, is not frightening. Um, What has ended is ended, but uh, there's a lot of consolation to be drawn from that. And it doesn't mean that your life is over or that you have been disregarded or cast aside. You have passed on from a situation you might have wanted to fix and improve and stay in, to something that could be better for you. You may not recognize it yet. The next card is the star, which tells me, first of all, take care of yourself while you're taking care of others. And um, I would be kind of cautious about accepting help from somebody who uh, wants to be a martyr. Um, Maybe that refers to your mother. The page of swords tells me... uh, In this deck, he is not looking over his shoulder while charging forward. Um, He is looking ahead. He's sure he's right. So like Daniel Boone, be sure you're right, then go ahead. Um, I think you have all the information you need, and you just haven't seen your way clear to trust it yet. And the last card is the King of Pentacles, which I want to think about for a second. Um... To do pentacles. This is somebody who is down to earth and reliable. Now, you called your father a gentle giant. Is he still alive? No, he passed away sadly at the end of mm, okay. okay, okay. Yeah, I wonder who had died. All right, so it begins and ends with your father. And, um, you know, he's in your eyes, he's certainly holding the lily of virtue and and, uh, covered by the light of the sun and attended by angels. 
Um, so I would say if you are if you don't have him on your ancestor altar, or if you don't at least have a picture of him around, you know, put up a picture and on Saturdays give him uh, a little candle and a glass of water, either tinted pale blue or in a blue glass, and maybe his favorite dessert that you can share with him. So yeah, what I see. What I see is that uh, your father is eager to work with you, and you must take care of yourself. Yeah, me and my dad, like I said, it, it's crazy. I mean, like, he is, his name yeah. is Jim, and for sign, Jim and I. And, of course, Father's Day is in June, and I'm the baby, huh? so I'm daddy's little girl. And, I mean, we could be, we're, our lives kind of mirror one another. We could be twins in the sense, so... And of course, Jim and I are twins, and so I, I miss them every day. It's yeah. hard not having yeah. them. Around. Okay. Well, yeah. Start start making your little safe walled garden to be comfortable together. Okay. Okay. All right. That's what I got. All right. Well. Um, I, I just wanted to briefly, before I turn this over to Contraman, uh, uh, someone in the, the Zandra Wisdom in the um, chat said, how do I uh, turn my headphones so I can talk? The answer is no, sorry, you can't talk, and I know you did sign up for a reading, but on three weeks out of the month, we give one free reading. Only on the first Sunday of the month, the Oracle Hour, we give two readings. And so... We will be able to help you. This is the last show of this year, so we're skipping the holiday show. But we will start up again in January. Sign up again when you see the sign-ups at the forum. I just want to make sure that was covered. I'm going to turn this over to Conjurant, and we're going to give um, Michelle some root work advice. Yeah, I think you've gotten some really good readings, Michelle. Michelle, uh, I will say that there is a lot of confusion uh, from you, a good amount of it. Um, and I'm going to be very blunt with you and, and try to be as honest with you because I think honesty serves you well. Um, there are a lot, not just in your, the description, not just in your questions, but even in the way that you're talking, you're kind of all over the place. And so the most important thing for you to do is to get you on the right track, to bring some level of clarity for you because no amount of root work is going to help you unless you're actually in a good place. And good root work should combine work that's being done by a professional along with some work that you're doing at home anyway. So while the readings have indicated that, yes, there should be some type of work done by a professional, I'm going to give you some work that you can do on your end that will help to clear away some of this fog, that will give you some form of clarity, and that will help to direct your efforts into getting into a better place. So we're going to start first with a bath. I want you to get some rue and basil and mint. Brew this into a tea. Allow it to cool a little bit so that it's comfortable on the skin. Then add a splash of Florida water. This mixture has a sort of cooling sensation there. The basil, the mint, the rue, the element of the Florida water, all is about cooling. And so you want to cool the mind because there's a lot of confusion and fogginess going on here. I mean, even some of the stuff you were saying about Gemini. I'm an astrologer of like 20 years. And I have no idea what you were saying. I couldn't quite follow it. I, I got Gemini's or twins, but your dad is a Scorpio. Like I couldn't get it. 
And so that, that tells us something, that even your ability to articulate here is somewhat um, kind of lost in this fog. And so we need this cooling bath to help clear that away, to clear that fog away, to help restore some of this ability. So bathe in this. Allow yourself to air dry. Take a little bit of this used bath water that's left over and dispose of it off of your property on a trip. So rue, basil, and mint with a splash of Florida water. Make sure that as you're pouring this over yourself, you pour it over your head. This needs to touch the back of your head at some point in order to cool things down. Then I want you to take three bay leaves. On these bay leaves, on one side, you are going to write your name. And on the other side, you're going to write the word clarity. Take a white candle, anoint this candle with clarity oil and solar oil, and then light this candle. You're going to take the first bay leaf. You're going to put the bay leaves in a sort of fan-like configuration around it, with the candle in the middle and the bay leaves around it. You're going to take the first bay leaf, starting with the left, and you're going to burn it in that candle while reciting 1 Corinthians 14.33. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. You're going to recite that, and you're going to burn that bay leaf, and then you're going to snuff out that candle, and then go to bed. The next night, you're going to repeat it. Again, lighting your candle, burning that second bay leaf, then snuffing out the candle and going to bed. And then finally, a third night before bed, you're going to light that candle, burn that third bay leaf, recite 1 Corinthians 14.33, then let everything burn down. Take what's left over of the wax and the ashes of the bay leaf and bury it in your front yard to draw clarity into your life. Then on a Sunday, when the moon is waxing, get yourself some crucible of courage incense, mix it with some power incense, and burn it while you recite Second Timothy uh, verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us Spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You're going to let this incense fill up your house, open up your windows, let the incense move everything in your house out through the windows, out through the doors. Let the incense actually touch your skin as well. Start this on a Sunday while the moon is waxing and repeat for seven days, again, disposing of the incense on your front yard. So two, very, or sort of three simple workings here, a bath, some candle work, and some incense. I'm going to see if Miss Kat and Miss Michael have anything further to add here. Okay. Um, I do. In the chat, um, uh, uh, Mickey MSB1, which is Michelle, says, like it was my fault. I don't think that's what was being said. I'm sorry you felt that. That's not what was being said. Um, however, moving on, I, I, I want to say that um, what Contraband was giving you were, were prescriptions that would help you while you were having that root worker work for you. It's mm-hmm. in addition to what your root worker does. Um, he, uh, Contraband, you gave a uh, piece of scripture for God gave us Spirit, not of fear, but of power and self-control. What was the uh, scriptural note for that? So the two scriptures are 1 Corinthians 14.33, and the second is 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Okay. All right. 2 Timothy. Oh, you got I'm slow. 2 Timothy what? 1.7. 
1-7. Thank you. <laughs> Put that in there. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, all right. And, I, yeah, this I, is this is meant to be a compliment to whatever root work that you're getting from a professional. You, de- you do need to do this portion of it and not just rely on that professional help because this will help with that clarity issue, which is going to be crucial for any type of recovery that you're experiencing. Yeah. Okay. And I really wish you all the best. And I think you got a good root worker. That's what we saw. Okay. Well, I, I presume... Um, we have coming up in the near future <laughs> a little message from our dear husband, which we have not yet seen, about the network schedule announcement. But we don't see it. Oh, well, we hope we haven't lost our network. Oh, there it is. My blog talk is running slow. So sorry. Okay, time for our network schedule announcement. <laughs> The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment for our special guest, Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in Wills, California. Take it away, Miss Michael. Okay, Clifford, I am ready to go. This is a spiritual and material regeneration spell for when you're feeling kind of like your third eye is sewn shut or something and you're feeling kind of clueless and disorganized and you don't know where to turn and you're about to start um, scolding yourself for nothing. You want to catch yourself before you get really down and out. But anyway, you start with three candles. You want a white one, a shiny gold one, and a shiny silver one. Don't settle for any dark yellow or gray. You want metallic colors on those other candles. If what you got is white vigil lights, great, because you can cover one with silver glitter and one with gold glitter. And the white candle, of course, is for yourself. If it's a glass vigil light, you can put your picture on it and use that for a label. Uh, dress it with hyssop and yarrow. Hyssop for, you know, cleansing yourself from any sin you think you have, and yarrow for courage. And you can even decorate the glass with pictures of those plants as you feel like it. And while you prepare this, you're going to say this prayer based on Ezekiel 36:26. O Creator, plant and nurture within me a new spirit, and a new heart. Take away my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Because a stone heart can't move the blood around. Okay? Now, the silver candle is for spiritual sensitivity, and that goes on the right behind, you know, behind your first candle. This is going to be a triangle. Your candle, the white one, is in front. Spiritual, the silver candle is on the left, toward the back. 
dress it with foot psychic vision oil or jasmine and a little master root. And you recite, recite uh, Psalm 16, which is a short one. It's on page 38 of uh, The Guiding Light to Power and Success. And it's in the Bible, too. Okay. Now, for power and prosperity, you want your gold candle. Dress it with money, house, blessing, oil, and cinnamon. And while you're preparing that, you write, you recite Psalm 150. It's only six verses long. And that goes behind your candle on the left. So you've got a triangle with the point facing you, and the point represents you. And over seven days, you're going to say these three prayers and move the silver and the gold candles closer until on the seventh day they are standing shoulder shoulder to shoulder all in a row. And you can pray from your heart that you have received the blessings of material power and prosperity. You have received the blessing of spiritual capability, power, and sensitivity. And that's it. Wow. That's wonderful. Mm. I love that. Now, silver and gold candles. I want to say something about that because people say, how do you get silver and gold candles? You can find them at most candle shops. They are significantly more expensive than white and yellow, which are sometimes used as substitutes. They are covered with bronze powder or aluminum powder to make the silver and gold colors. We sell them at our shop, long taper candles. Um, Some people sell short silver and gold, and you can find them at, at many of those household fancy goods shops as well. There's nothing quite like a silver or gold candle. It's not the same as white or yellow, but I don't think God would frown on you for using white and yellow. Am I right? (laughs) Of course not. God is generous. God is a gentleman. God God is a gentleman. Baptist lady told me that once. (laughs) That's right. Um, So I love this spell because it is an example of a moving candle spell that is about a topic, the usual topic. The usual topic Mm -hmm. for moving candle spells is moving a person. And this is really about moving a situation or a condition. And it's a, a... wonderful example of the old-fashioned moving candle spell um, and helping you with, um, you know, getting to be Mm -hmm. psychically sensitive. I like that. Yeah, and and powerful, and then bringing that Mm -hmm. into the the so-called real world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We know through experience that a lot of people who listen to our show are readers and root workers themselves, or um, people who have an interest in becoming professional readers and root workers. And in the upcoming year, we're going to be talking a little bit about how those people who listen to the show who really want to become a professional reader worker can up their game, get some credentials, join an organization that supports them. And I don't want to give out too much advance notice, but I'm going to tell you that the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers and Hoodoo Psychics will be teaming up in the month of January on membership fee discounts. So just to let you know, do this spell and get yourself Mm. together and you may find yourself with a whole new career in psychic vision. Just to let folks know. (laughs) I am a member of AIR and Hoodoo Psychics myself and I will be looking for you guys. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 
Well, we, like I said, I just heard about this today. It just sort of passed through the, the grapevine, and um, I was very thrilled to hear about it. So we'll we'll have some announcements in January, and I believe we'll have Deacon Millett on, um, who is on the board of directors, president of the board of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, and the owner of Hoodoo Psychic. So he, he covers both the uh, churchy end and the... Uh, psychic reader hotline end of things. All right. Well, um, I'm really hopeful that um, everybody is getting what they want out of this show. This is our last show of the year, and we would like uh, to get some uh, suggestions for next year. We're going to have a a rebroadcast next week. We're coming back, I believe, on January 9th. And um, let your friends know we will be posting more and we'll be doing more of these tutorials and the Oracle Hour. So if you have a topic that you would like um, to see us address, please let us know. You can write to us at the forum, uh, forum forum.luckymojo.com, in the section on the radio show. Shout out to Tony I, who says... Enjoy the holidays. See you next year. How about that, Tony? <laughs> I good luck and love to you. And uh, I see a lot of other people: Signe DC and and Onyx Rose, Doc Murphy, Doctor Sweets, Gladiator, uh, L Patricia, uh, and so forth. And I and cousin Joshua. Hey, cousin Joshua, we got your uh, greeting card. You're such a sweetheart. That made my day to have a beautiful greeting card, holiday card waiting for me when I woke up this morning. All right, we're going to turn this over to Cliff Lowe, and he's going to give us our Outward Bound announcements. Sure. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Kat and Conjureman, and thank you, Ms. Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in Wells, California, for being our guest this week. The next two weeks, December 26th and January 2nd, they will feature rebroadcasts of popular shows for the holidays. We will return to them. Uh-oh. We have lost Clifford's voice. And he told oh, us. Mm. Yes, yeah. there. Come back. There you are. <laughs> um, hold on. Am I heard? Hello. Can you hear me? There you are. Yes. Am I? All right. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. Uh, you can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at LuckyMojo.com and Conjureman at Conjureman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining from CliffLowe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard uh, normally every week live at Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available via archive on, at luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again on January 9th. At this same time, and you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays and goodbye. <laughs> Clifford is taking a lesson from Papa Newt. He's learning how to hit that zero to sixty. <laughs> bye bye, everyone. Happy holidays. Good night. See you January 9th. Bye bye.